Okay, well, it's wonderful to have you all here this evening. Welcome to anyone who came in during the worship. And can I just say, hopefully you've spotted on your tables these Framework for Freedom booklets. Please do grab one. This is not just your small group discussion note questions, but this is also a place where if you really want to, you could make some notes while I'm talking. There's a space just to do that so that you could capture it and think about it again a little bit later on if you want to do so. So there are some notes and some pencils. If hopefully you can, if you've got enough light to see by, uh, if we need to turn the lights up, give me a shout now before we actually get going. Can everyone see okay? Yeah, good. If not, shout louder because I can't hear you. So hopefully most of you were here on Sunday or have had a chance to listen online. You would have heard from me if you were here at 9.30, 11.30 or the 6. And you would have heard from Richard if you were here at 8 o'clock. And I just want to start with a little bit of a recap from what I shared on Sunday. I'm afraid I don't know exactly what Richard said at 8 o'clock, but I'm betting it was similar. And a reminder of what we're aiming for in this series as we explore Framework for Freedom together. Because this is about finding ways of becoming aware of God's presence with us in all of our daily lives. Not just the spiritual bits, not just when we're praying or when we're at church, but actually everything that we do day by day. It's about having another look at how we spend our time. Stepping out of the trap of being really busy all of the time, doing things that we don't need or want to be doing, and working out what's life-giving for us. What are the most important things to put into our schedules first? And it's based around the ancient Christian practice of a rule of life, which is just a rhythm of practices that helps us to live well and to become more like Jesus by experiencing God in everything. And there was one key phrase that I kept coming back to on Sunday from the message version of Matthew 11, and it was the unforced rhythms of grace. Because remember, this is about grace, not law. And it's about rhythms and not rules. It's not a to-do list, but it's making space for God in our lives. It's an invitation to be led by the Spirit, to discern what patterns and rhythms God is calling you to put in place in your life to get to know him better and live more closely with him day by day. And there were three images that I used on Sunday to help us understand what difference a rule of life can make for us. The first one was Google Maps. Okay, so if you remember, I talked about if we're driving around in a car and we're a little bit lost, it's quite tempting just to keep going and hope that we stumble across the right road sooner or later. Anyone do that? I know I do sometimes. But actually, if we pull over and turn on Google Maps, then we find that we get back on track a lot quicker. My second illustration was a jar where I'd put some big rocks in and then those were the most important things in our lives and then adding in some pebbles to represent the lesser important things and some sand to represent the things that are of least significance that we do. And it kind of works if you put the big things in first. But if you start with the sand and then the pebbles, those big rocks ain't never going to go into the jar. And the third picture was the trellis, which we've got out again over here. And this was just a reminder that a rule of life is a structure for our lives, but it's not the main thing. So just like trellises support plants as they grow, 
but the trellis is not the thing that kind of draws your eye as the main focus. So the rule of life is there to help us and support us growing in our relationship with God, just like a trellis does for a plant. And as we move on now to think about this in a little bit more depth, I just want to stay with that idea of growth for a minute. Because if you look back over your Christian life, whether you've been a Christian for a really, really long time or barely any time at all, what are some of the things that have helped you to grow? And I wonder, as you just think what those things were, how much responsibility did you take for being intentional about doing things that would help you grow? For instance, reading your Bible, coming to church on a Sunday or joining a small group. And how much of the growth do you put down to God's work in you when the Holy Spirit transforms you to help you grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life and make you more like Christ? I'm willing to bet it's a mixture of the two, a mixture of you doing stuff and God doing stuff in you. Because growing as a Christian is both God's work and ours. Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Work out your salvation, for it is God who works in you. So as we continue to reflect on these ideas about rule of life over the coming weeks, I'd love for you to hold that idea in your mind. Because growth as a Christian doesn't just happen. There are patterns and rhythms that we can put in place to help us be open to the way that God is longing to work in us, growing us more into his likeness and helping us stay connected to him in everything we do. That's the idea behind the trellis and the whole concept of framework for freedom. It's about being intentional in structuring our lives in a way that will help us go deeper with God. So, I'm just going to take a step back and ask, why rule of life anyway? Where did this idea come from? Well, rule of life is something that was first developed by monks living in monasteries a really, really long time ago. They were seeking to develop a pattern and a structure for their lives, and for them it was based around times for prayer, times for work, time for rest, time as a community. One of the key people was St. Benedict, who founded the Benedictine monastic order that maybe some of you have heard of. And he lived in the 6th century, and he wrote a rule of life to guide monks who wanted to follow his example. The reason why there's a bell on the picture on the screen is because if you lived in the monastery, your life was regulated by the bell. So if you were a monk, your time was not your own. And when the bell rings, you had to stop what you're doing and move on to the next thing. It says in the rule of St. Benedict that they had to put down their pen without crossing the T or dotting the I if they were in the middle of writing something, literally. If you're a perfectionist like me, that would just be torture, I tell you. Now, of course, our world today is very, very different from a 6th century monastery. Don't get me wrong. We don't live by the bell, unless some of us are school teachers, then maybe we do. But we might perhaps want to set reminders on our phones at times to help keep us on track. The point of all this is to remind us that all of our time is a gift from God. 
and to remind us to give each moment the attention it deserves, not being so focused to rush on to the next thing that we miss what God is doing in that moment. I recognise this in my own life. So one one of the things I love doing is taking my two dogs out for a walk. That's restorative and life-giving for me, although I don't get to do it that often because I'm too busy. Don't worry, the dogs still go out, but my husband does most of it. But sometimes I am out with the dogs, out in nature, having a wonderful walk. But I'm so focused on the emails waiting for me back home, the work that is sitting on my desk to do, that my brain is really back in my study at home, even while my body is still out on the walk with the dogs, and I'm just not in the moment. So one of the things that I've started doing is setting little reminders on my phone that pop up with a Bible verse or just a reminder to pray at different times of the day. And for me, that's a small way of keeping connected with God in the middle of whatever I'm doing. I haven't got this sorted though, I'm still a work in progress, I'll hold my hand up to that. On Sunday, I mentioned this book, God in My Everything. We've still got some copies on the bookstore, or you can get it on Kindle. It's a really good accompaniment to this course if you want to go a bit deeper. But I just want to read a quote from this book. It's called God in My Everything by Ken Shigematsu. And this summarises what I hope and pray that God will do among us through this series. A rule of life can help us learn what it means to live so that we are attuned to God in our everything. A life that does more than pray sporadically, but is itself a prayer to God. I love the idea of our life being itself a prayer to God. Doesn't that just sound such an attractive concept? I love that idea. So how do we get started on a rule of life? This is what we've been waiting for, the how-to. Well, I've got eight principles to share with you. Don't worry, we'll get through eight of them pretty quickly. But if you want to write any of them down, they're going to come up on the screen as we go. Number one, start simply. So don't try to do too much too soon. Because you could start your rule of life by saying you're going to get up at 4 a.m., do two hours of prayer, then have a 10-mile run, before you start the day. Come home, eat a really healthy breakfast, do it all again in the evening, go to bed, get up the next morning, do it all again. I'm pretty sure you'd be setting yourself up to fail if you start with something like that. Try with starting with just one small thing that will help you to become more aware of God. Maybe beginning your day with a short time of prayer to focus on God's presence or setting a reminder on your phone to pray in the middle of the day. Small changes can make a really big difference. So that's number one, start simply. Number two, build slowly. If your rule of life is going to be sustainable, it'll be built up slowly. And keep reviewing it so you can change it if it's not doing what it's meant to do, and helping you be more connected with God. Look again with me at the trellis. These principles listed here are the things that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks as we go through this one layer at a time and look in a bit more detail about building these things into our rule of life. So the first layer, we're calling that roots, and that's coming next week. Sabbath, prayer, and Bible reading. 
The second layer is relate and restore. And this is our relationships with other people, so family, friends, and then looking after ourselves, self-care and leisure. That's coming the week after. And finally, top layer, reach out, money, work, service and witness. We'll go through that more slowly. Don't worry, don't feel overwhelmed by that. But just ask yourself, is there one thing there that is really resonating with you right now? that might be the first thing that God wants you to think about in your rule of life. So that's number two, build slowly. Number three, prune regularly. Okay, A rule of life is not about adding more things into your already very busy life, because I know a lot of us are really, really busy. Jesus says in John 15, verses 1 and 2, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, I understand pruning can be really difficult, because if we need to say no to something or let go of something that's been part of our lives for a while, we will feel a sense of loss and a sense of sadness. But if we're letting go of something in order to align ourselves more fully with God's call on our lives, I think we will find a sense of peace even in the midst of the loss. So question, is there anything in your life that needs to be pruned to build a more sustainable rhythm of life? That's number three, prune regularly. Number four, know yourself. Now, your rule of life is going to be unique to you. I read out some examples of my own on Sunday. If you look in the book, there are some other sample rule of life statements. Um, I think they're at the end of the small group discussion questions. But however many examples you look at, it doesn't really matter because your rule of life is going to be unique to you. And it will not be the same as anyone else's in this room because you are not the same as anybody else in this room. So as you create your rule of life, think about your energy levels through the day. Are you a morning person or an evening person? Think about when you schedule time with your family, time for work, time for prayer, dependent on your energy levels and your capacity through the day and through the week. So know yourself. Number five, consider your life stage. So a rule of life is going to be different at different stages of life, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you've got young children, whether you're one of those who's sort of squeezed between caring for aging parents and young grandchildren, or whether you're into your own later years. Be realistic about what is possible and what is right for you at this stage of life. Again, it's going back to not trying to do everything, but just identifying one or two things that are right for you right now and keep it under review as things change. On to the next one, six, stay flexible. Things change. Emergencies happen. There's a family crisis, an unexpected visitor. We get ill. Things happen. And our rule of life needs to be flexible. It's not a straitjacket. So if we can't stick to it for a period of time, there's no need to feel guilty. 
Remember, this is grace and not law. We do not exist for a rule of life. Rule of life exists for us. It's a trellis, it's a support and a help. It's not the be-all and end-all. I want to say that again because I think some of us, myself included, might need need to hear it twice. Don't be bound by this in an unhelpful way. See it as a rhythm to structure and to guide your life, not as a set of rules to add guilt and legalism. So stay flexible. Number seven, make time for fun. I love this one. What brings you joy? What is life-giving for you? Make sure you build those things in too. This is not just all about like making sure you have time to pray and time to read the Bible. It's about making sure you have time to be you, time for fun. So, yeah, we need to recharge. We need to be renewed. That is really important as part of our rule of life. So make time for fun. Last one, number eight. Include community. So who are the key people in your life? Probably your family, your friends, colleagues at work, people in your small group. It's important to factor in those key relationships into your rule of life as well. Even if we're introverts like me, we need one another and we need that time for those relationships. We don't go through life in isolation. So as we go through the next three weeks after today, we'll be exploring those different areas, I said week by week, that can form part of our rule of life. But please hold these principles in mind as we go. And try and listen for God to lay on your heart the one or two most important things that he's calling you to take forward. Because we can't all do it all. And that's not what I want you to hear. So it's about one or two most important things not all of us trying to do everything. And for some of us, there may be things that we need to let go of or prune rather than trying to do it anymore. In a moment, we're going to go into a time of discussion with your small group. And there are questions in the book to guide your discussion. They start on page five, the small group discussion questions. And you're going to have half an hour or so up till nine o'clock. I'm going to draw our discussions to a close at nine o'clock. And then we'll have just a few comments from the floor if anyone wants to give us some feedback. And then we'll have some time as individuals between us and God to reflect on how he has been speaking to you today. But just before I send you off to discuss, can you just turn to page 20 and 21 in your booklets? Because I want to draw your attention to a couple of templates that are there. And some of you might have spotted them already. There's just a couple of different possible ways to structure your rule of life. So the first one on page 20 is quite a sort of logical, scientific brain might appeal to this one. Start sort of down the the vertical side, if you turn the page around, with the different areas, roots, relate, reach out, and then across it goes daily, weekly, monthly, termly, annually. So if that appeals to you, you could structure it that way. The one on page 21 is a little bit more creative. It's sort of centred around receiving and giving the love of God in four different areas and just a little bit more flexibility there. But then if you turn over to pages 22 and 23, there is a complete blank canvas. So just to draw your attention to that, because there are as many different ways of putting together a rule of life as there are people. 
you've probably worked out from what I've just saying that I'm somebody who likes that sort of grid one at the beginning, but I'm a scientist, so that's just me. And I don't want you to feel constrained by that, but I want to, to show you those templates just to, again, spark some ideas, spark some, some thoughts about what might be the right way for you to structure this. You don't need to fill anything in there this evening, but one of the questions later on when you're reflecting by yourself is just to sort of, what am I drawn to here? What might be right for me? So now over to you. Time in your small groups to discuss the questions and we'll come back together at about nine o'clock. <laughs>